Hi everyone, I'm Diana Sebsta, Director of Bereavement for the Joseph T. Quinlan Bereavement Center and Karen Ann Quinlan Hospice. And I wanna welcome you to Grief Matters, conversations about life and death. No subject is off limits and no topic is taboo. I wanna invite you to send in your questions about anything end of life, dying, death, and grief. Hi everybody. I'm Diana Sebsta, and this is another episode of Grief Matters. This is the place where we talk about everything end of life. We talk about anticipatory grief. We talk about dying, death, and on into bereavement. And today I wanna to talk about helping others. A lot of times when we go through a grief process, we go through the experience of losing someone we love, whether it's through a hospice program or we took care of them ourselves or lost them in a long-term care facility or any, any way that we lose them. People come to us and they offer things to help us, to support us. And sometimes those things help comfort us and help us with our grief, make it a little bit more easier. So when we go through our grief process and we're starting to feel better, we kind of want to do the same. We want to do something that's going to help other people that have been in a similar situation as ourselves, experienced a similar event. We have a lot of people in our hospice program that feel that same way. They like to um, perhaps volunteer after their um, one year death anniversary. They feel like they're in a better place and they'd like to give back and they like the care that they received at Karen and Quinlan Hospice. And they wanna offer that same type of support to another family or patient who's going through a similar experience. There's all sorts of different ways that people like to help. And we do know that when you step outside of yourself to help others, it can promote healing and comfort for ourselves as well. One of another example I have is a client who's he lost his son to um, lymphoma. And he's now the nation's top fundraising runner for their annual um, 5K, 10K, and marathon for the Lymphoma and Leukemia Society. And he does that in a way to honor and remember his son. He wants to make sure that his son isn't forgotten. And he also wants to do his part in helping to raise money for a disease that took his son away. That helps him, that makes him feel better. There's a, um, a lot of people who write books about their experience to help others. People write books about suicide survivors, how to manage a family member who's suffering with an addiction, um, perinatal loss. Uh, lots of books written by parents who've lost children to, to a variety of reasons. And just even your run-of-the-mill, quote-unquote, bereavement. We've got lots of people who write books about the grief process so that people know what to expect and how to navigate that process. And most importantly, to know that a grief is very individual. So it's really validating and normalizing for somebody to read a book and know that they're not going crazy and that there's nothing wrong with them. One of the best books that I know about this is from Joan Didion, who wrote about the year of magical thinking. She saw her husband have a massive heart attack and die right there in front of her in her apartment. Her heart, her head knew this, her heart didn't. 
And so she wrote about that first year in bereavement, about that magical thinking, that disbelief of not wanting to accept that this event really happened. And this book is one of the best-selling books from a bereavement genre, just to be able to validate for people this part of the grief process. And of course, we all know about Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. That resulted from a loss and has now become one of the biggest groups, um, nonprofit groups to help other people for prevention, for education and for support in bereavement. We have a lot of people that do fundraisers for scholarship programs. And I have another client who wanted to demystify the death of her son surrounding or destigmatize, I should say, the death of her son from suicide. And she now has a scholarship, um, an endowment at the local college in his name. So that was very important for her. And also important is to make sure that his death had meaning, that he didn't die for no reason, and that there was going to be good coming out of that event. So one of the things that we also have is our bereavement facilitator training. A lot of people wanna know, how can I run my own bereavement self-help support group? How do I learn? What do I need to do to start one? Do I need to be a licensed clinician to be able to facilitate one? And the answer is no. If you just have the same experience or passion as the goal of your group, so in this particular instance, you would have had a bereavement experience, you can run your own self-help support group. So the self-help support group is for people who have a common issue come together to be able to share questions, um, challenges, and even just to share their story. And the facilitator helps the group keep going and helps be able to keep a healthy atmosphere for all the people there at the group. So anybody can do one. If you wanted to run a bereavement group in your church, um, I know a lot of funeral homes do them. Um, people run them out of their offices, doctor's offices. There's so many different ideas out there. But if you have an interest in learning more about the grief process and how to support people, and even to run your own self-help support group, I would encourage you to visit our Learn Worlds platform where our bereavement facilitator training has just been launched live. You can visit, it's at karenannquinlanhospice.learnworlds.com and you'll look up the courses and you'll see bereavement facilitator training. And if you want to just check out a little bit about what it's going to be, the introduction that I give to the training is offered free. There's an introductory period that we want to offer this free. And then if you think that you like what you hear, you can go ahead and register and take the whole course. Once the course is complete, you get a certification of attendance that you've completed this training. If you are a licensed counselor, you will also get six clinical hours from the National Board of Certified Counselors. So that's huge. And then with that information, you can start your own self-help support group. 
After taking the training, it's important to know that you will have technical assistance through the bereavement center for as long as you need it. So if you need help trying to implement it, design it, market it, run it, whatever it is, any roadblocks that you might come across, you just give us a call and we'll help you out because this is what it's all about. No one walks alone and we do this together. And this is one of the many ways that we can do this together and support other people in bereavement. So thank you for joining me and I'll see you again in another episode of Grief Matters. Bye.